0: Today on The Journey. If you truly want a life of freedom, it has to start with that basic understanding of whatever you're going through, whatever your situation, how difficult it is, God is going to use it for His eternal purposes. Have the
1: shackles of pain or circumstance left you feeling bereft of freedom? Are you chained to past hurts and sins? Did you know you can live in liberty bound by the former while the latter can imprison you in a cell of your own making? Well, on today's program, Ron Moore shares the why and how. Before that, a quick word about Ron's PDF devotional booklet, Welcome to the Life God Has for You. It shares thoughtful meditations on the joy, confidence, and freedom we have in Jesus. It's available for a donation of any amount, and you can get it at ronmoore.org. Your gift today will help further this ministry of developing followers of Jesus Christ. Now here's Ron with a message, Welcome to a Life of Freedom,
0: On the Journey. You want to grow, no doubt about it. You want to live the life God has for you, but there's something in your life, maybe it's a situation, maybe it's a person, some circumstance that you just can't get over. Open your Bibles with me to Philippians. We want to look at the freedom you can have as a follower of Jesus. We're going to look at chapter 1, verses 12 through 30. And what I want to do is give four principles of freedom that will help all of us live a life full-orbed for Christ, unhindered by the stuff that drags us down and causes us to stall out. So here's the first principle from this passage, Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 30. A life of freedom begins with the foundational understanding that our Heavenly Father uses earthly problems for eternal purposes. As the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the Philippians, he found himself in a very problematic situation. This man who was called and determined to take the good news of Jesus Christ throughout the world was confined to a Roman prison. His only crime, telling others about Jesus. However, Paul lived life with this foundational belief. Paul knew that whatever was going on in his life, God was not wasting his time. Paul knew that every situation, whatever it was, God was going to use for eternal purposes. Look at verse 12. As Paul is writing back to the church in Philippi, writing from a Roman prison, he says, I want you to know, brothers, I want you to comprehend, I want you to realize, I want you to believe that what has happened to me has really served to advance The gospel. Paul says, what seems like a setback, God has used to spread the gospel. Now, Paul was under house arrest in Rome. He wasn't in a dark dungeon, but he was in a small apartment. And in this apartment, there was By him, every hour of every day, a Roman guard. The Roman guard, or the palace guard, was an elite group. There were several thousand hand-picked men. And these guards were with Paul every hour of the day. They were with him for six hours at a time. Four men each day, day after day after day. And they didn't just stand with him in his apartment, but they had shackles by which they shackled Paul to themselves. So every day Paul would have lived like this. The shackles of a Roman guard, maybe arm to arm or maybe ankle to ankle, But Paul would have lived with those shackles. And still he can say, I want you to know that what has happened to me has really turned out to advance the gospel. Under house arrest, people would come and visit with Paul, and he would talk to them about Jesus Christ. And these Roman guards would hear the conversations. They would hear about Christ. So, in this elite group of men, Jesus Christ became known. And the Christian faith spread throughout the whole palace guard because of Paul's imprisonment to this elite group. Look at verse 13. Paul says, As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole Palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ because of my chains not in spite of my chains. Paul says but because of my chains most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly not only was the gospel spreading throughout the Roman guard but Paul said when people came to visit him They were able to gain courage as they saw Paul's courage. And everywhere they went, they were emboldened to share the gospel of Jesus. So true freedom begins with an understanding that God uses all of life's circumstances, even our chains, for His eternal purposes. So let me ask you, what are those chains? What are the things that are holding you down? Maybe it's a chains of a relationship, a broken relationship, a strained relationship, an unequally yoked relationship. Do you believe that God can use those chains for His eternal purposes? Maybe you're dealing with the consequence of sin. You are sorry for that sin. You have asked forgiveness for that sin. You have repented, you're no longer living in that sin, but the consequences remain, the chains of consequences. Do you believe that God can use those chains for His eternal purposes? Maybe you're dealing with the chains of a life stage, a health situation, or even a disability. Can God use every circumstance in our life for His eternal? eternal purposes. And if you truly want a life of freedom, it has to start with that basic understanding that whatever you're going through, whatever your situation, how difficult it is, God is going to use it. He's going to work through it. He's going to build in you the character He needs to build in you for His eternal purposes. Principle number two. A life of freedom refuses to carry baggage. Now, Paul could have allowed his situation to result in resentment, could have allowed his situation to result in bitterness. After all, he was in prison for doing exactly what God told him to do. God told him to share the message of Christ. He was sharing the message of Christ, and now he was in prison. And he could have gotten stuck in the why. Why? Anyone here stuck in the why? If his situation wasn't already bad enough in prison, believe it or not, professing Christians in Rome were trying to make it even worse. Look at verse 15. Paul said, It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so in love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in my chains. Unbelievable. Paul's in prison, and there are professing Christians in Rome trying to stir up trouble for Paul while he's in prison. We don't know exactly who these people were. More than likely, they were what are called Judaizers. They were Christians who did not believe that Gentiles could be Christians. Or, if a Gentile was going to be a Christian, they had to go through all the rights of the Jewish faith. They were legalists who said, you got to hold to the Jewish laws, and if you don't hold to the Jewish laws, you cannot be a Christian. And they did not appreciate Paul's message, because he was the one taking a message of grace to the Gentiles. He was the one saying, you don't have to follow all the Jewish customs. You don't have to be circumcised men. You can be a Christian simply by trusting in Jesus Christ alone. So here they are, preaching outside the prison trying to stir up problems for Paul, trying to turn public opinion against him so the officials would hear about it and would make Paul's punishment even more severe. Now, how would you respond to that situation? Here's how Paul responded. Look at verse 18. What does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether... From false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, Paul says, I rejoice. Paul could rejoice even in his chains because Christ was being proclaimed. He would not allow bitterness. He would not allow anger against those who were hurting him. He wouldn't hold a grudge. He wouldn't try out for revenge. He wouldn't forfeit his freedom by the burden of baggage. How about you? Anyone here carrying baggage of resentment and bitterness and hurt around? You're chained while the person who hurt you goes free. Some of you are here with an awful lot of weight on your shoulders. There are people you want to see go down because they've hurt you. And you spend a lot of time and a lot of energy thinking about them and complaining about them and hoping they fall flat on their face. That's a lot of wasted time and a lot of wasted energy. And they go on about their business and you are enslaved with the desire to see them go down. Here we learn a very valuable lesson from Paul. A life of freedom refuses to carry baggage. Now, I know some of you have been hurt, and I cannot even imagine the pain that you're going through. But I can tell you, based on the Word of God, you and I will never experience freedom if we choose to carry the baggage of revenge and bitterness and jealousy and resentment. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, Get rid of that stuff. Get rid of bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Here's our example. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Here's a third principle. A life of freedom is focused solely on Christ. Look at verse 18. Paul says, Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or... Or by death. And then verse 21. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. To live is Christ, to die is gain. That is Paul's mission statement. That was the aim and the purpose of Paul's life. In life or death, determined to serve Christ. Determined to live for Christ. Determined to tell others about Christ. His whole life was focused On promoting Jesus Christ. For to me, to live is Christ. And to die is gain. Look at verse 23. Paul says, I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. I desire to depart and be with Christ. The word depart is a great word picture of what it means to die. It was used of soldiers taking down their tents and moving on. Isn't a great picture of death? It was also a political term used to describe setting a prisoner free. Now, in this life, we are bound with limitations, and we are bound with temptations. But in the life to come, that's gone. And so Paul says, to live is Christ, and to die is Christ. Is gain. To live is to talk about Christ. To live is to represent Christ. To live is to have fellowship with Christ. And to die is even better because you'll be with Christ face to face. Look at the end of verse 23. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ. Now, I want to stop there for a second because a lot of people will say, when you die, what happens? But Paul makes it very clear here, and in other passages, the moment we die, we're with Christ. What's Paul say? Look at it again. I desire to depart and be with Christ. For the Christian, the confidence is this. The moment we close our eyes in death, we will see Jesus Christ face to face. And that allows us to live with freedom. One more principle. A life of freedom demonstrates love for Jesus in visible and practical ways. Look at verse 27. Paul says, whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Whatever happens... Conduct yourself, live your life in a way that represents Christ well. Use your freedom to live in a manner worthy of Jesus. Show your love for Jesus in practical and visible ways. Now you say, wait a minute, wouldn't that be kind of boastful? Not at all. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Timothy. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them. So that everyone may see your progress. We're to live our lives in such a way that people see that we are farther along today than we were yesterday. That we are farther along in our Christian walk today than we were last month. In visible and practical ways of demonstrating our love for Jesus. Look at verse 27. Then whether I come and see you, or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved. And that is by God. Paul says one way you can demonstrate your love for Christ is to stand firm. No matter what comes, no matter what temptation comes, no matter what trial comes, no matter persecution comes for the Philippians, stand firm. And don't stand alone. Contend means to fight side by side with another person. So Paul said, stand firm and stand beside someone. So that when the struggles come, when the suffering comes, you'll not only stand firm, but you'll be standing together. Now, one more thing to say, and I want us to go back to verse 20. Paul says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed. Now, remember, he's writing from prison. He doesn't know what awaits him. He knows it's probably not going to be good. So he says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed. I don't want to bring shame to Christ. But will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or death. Now, what's it mean to exalt Christ in our body. When we exalt God, we make Him big. Now practically, what does that mean? Think about it this way. How can we as a human being make the creator of the universe big? How is that even possible? What's bigger, uh, star or telescope? Pretty obvious question, right? star is a million times bigger than a telescope. But what does a telescope do? A telescope takes a star that is far away and brings it close to be able to see it, to be able to examine it, to be able to appreciate its beauty. For most people, Jesus Christ is as far away as a distant star. It's the job of the Christian to magnify him, to be the telescope, to bring him close so that others could see his beauty, his majesty, hear his teaching, see what he does when he invades a life. To exalt God means to make him Big, so that others can see Him like they're looking through a telescope at a star. That's what it means to live a life of freedom, focusing on Christ, to make Him visible in practical ways, practical means of our life. Are you carrying around these things, shackles. You don't have to. In Jesus Christ, you can have freedom. Your circumstance never has to chain you and shackle you. Because if you truly believe that God is sovereign, you hold to a fundamental believe. God doesn't make mistakes. He's not wasting your time. And as difficult as your current situation is, He's going to use that to grow you and help you be a better telescope so that others can see Jesus Christ.
1: And please stay with us. Ron returns in a few moments with a special offer. Do you wonder where the abundant life Jesus promised is found? When you do a personal assessment, do you find spiritual failure, doubt, and bondage instead of the victory you seek? Well, you'll discover the things you've been looking for in Ron Moore's digital devotional, Welcome to the Life God Has for You. In this thoughtful look at Paul's very personal letter to the believers in Philippi, you'll learn how to experience the joy, freedom, and bold confidence God intends for you, His child. Welcome to the life God has for you is yours for a gift of any amount when you visit ronmore.org. Again, that web address is ronmoore.org. Your gift today will help keep the journey on the air, developing followers of Jesus Christ. Now, here's Ron to talk about a special offer for your church.
0: Hey, I want to thank you so much for listening to The Journey. I pray these messages have been encouraging to you. And I just want to share with you here at The Journey Ministry— We want to do more than simply provide podcasts and broadcasts to our listeners. Our desire is to walk alongside churches and encourage pastors and church leaders. We would love to help you with resources like sermons or discipleship material. And we'd like to encourage you as you lead your church. I've had the privilege of leading the Bible Chapel for 30 years, and I can tell you, I don't have all the answers. But I'd love to encourage you and I'd love to pray with you as we work together in this greater Pittsburgh area. So send me an email at ronmoore at ronmoore.org ronmoore at ronmoore.org and let's just talk because we believe no leader should have to lead alone.
1: Again, that address is ronmoore at ronmoore.org. Also, we want you to have a copy of Ron's PDF devotional titled Welcome to the life God has for you. It's yours for a gift of any amount, and you'll find it at ronmoore.org. That's ronmore.org. Plus, we invite you to have a look at our church website at biblechapel.org. There you'll find information about our worship services and special events, along with Ron's recent sermons, devotional thoughts, and podcasts. Again, that address is biblechapel.org. biblechapel.org. And if the journey has made a difference in your spiritual life, won't you invite your friends and family to listen as well? We'll thank you and we think they will too. Finally, please keep in mind that the journey relies on your generous donations to remain on the air, developing followers of Jesus Christ. Your gift today will be deeply appreciated. You can give at ronmoore.org or you may call 724-731-2018. Thanks for listening. And we invite you to join Ron Moore next time as we walk together on the journey.